Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Knives Out in today's review episode. I can show you the world. Just take a look through my eyes. Knives Out is new film from director Ryan Johnson. It is a murder mystery thriller comedy film. Ryan Johnson, director of Star Wars Episode 8, The Last Jedi, Looper, Brick, and The Brothers Bloom. And uh, as far as I'm aware, is still. Uh, in control of a future Star Wars trilogy, uh, TBD. So, he's a pretty big name uh, as a director. Last Jedi, of course, very controversial in its own right. Uh, Brick and Looper, less so. Uh, Generally considered a good director, uh, whatever you might think about The Last Jedi. The film also stars many, many uh, talented performers, including... Daniel Craig, Anna de Armas, Chris Evans, Lakeith Stanfield, Jamie Lee Curtis, Tony Collette, Michael Shannon, Don Johnson, Catherine Langford, Jaden Martell, Christopher Plummer, Ricky Lindholm, Frank Oz, M. Emmett Walsh, among others. And it's out now. Uh, it had special previews last weekend and uh, release previews on Tuesday night. Uh, so it is officially released today, Wednesday, as I'm recording this. Uh, there's definitely going to be a spoiler section for this episode. I will try to get as much of a review out as I can before spoilers, but obviously, you know, it being a mystery and uh, who done it, uh, spoilers, you know, kind of tough to talk around and and in a film like this. But I will do what I can. Basic premise uh, of the film. Christopher Plummer uh, plays Harlan Thromby, and Harlan is found dead uh, on the evening of his 85th birthday, and it is ruled a suicide. His throat has been cut uh, by himself, presumably. And so then a couple of days a couple of days go by. They do the funeral, they all that that stuff, and finally we get to kind of where the movie really starts, which is Lakeith Stanfield has called uh, the family members and then the people who work in the house uh, back to do some uh, additional questions. He doesn't really give a reason for this, but <clears throat> we find out that Daniel Craig, playing uh, Detective Benoit Blanc, is has been hired uh, to investigate the surroundings of uh, Harlan's death. Which is curious if it is, in fact, a suicide. So, the further question there being, uh, so this, you know, kind of kickstarts the film. You know, why was he hired? What really happened? Yada, yada, yada. That's where we're, that, those, those, that's the path we are headed down in Knives Out. So you've got Daniel Craig as the detective. Ana de Armas plays Marta Cabrera. She is the nurse that looks after uh, Harlan. Chris Evans is his grandson. 
Ransom. Lakeith Stanfield plays Lieutenant of uh, the Cop uh, that initially begins the additional questioning. Jamie Lee Curtis is Harlan's daughter, Linda. Tony Collette is uh, his daughter-in-law, Joni. Michael Shannon is his son, Walt, who... Uh, so Harlan is a murder mystery novelist. What are the odds? Uh, Michael Shannon looks over or oversees the production and publication uh, company uh, for his novels. Don Johnson plays Jamie Lee Curtis's husband, Richard. Catherine Langford plays Meg, who is... Uh, whose daughter? Tony Collette's daughter, uh, Catherine. Jaden Martell, uh, who is formerly Jaden Lieberher from It, uh, plays Jacob, who is uh, Walt's son. Of course, Ricky Lindholm is Walt's wife, Donna. Uh, Frank Oz is a... I don't know what the term you, you would use for his, his position, uh, but he's the guy that reads the will. He has a small role like that. M. 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 Emmett Walsh plays a guy... He works on the grounds. So, a lot of people involved, a lot of moving parts. Uh, for me, you know, I went in as blind as I could. Um, and one of the things, if if you're going to see a movie that Ryan Johnson has directed, and uh, in this case, written as well, you have to be open to the idea that... Uh, you know, you're going to be subverted. You may may or may not enjoy that aspect of his films, but he is going to subvert your expectations in some way. And Knives Out being a murder mystery, there are a lot of tropes involved in murder mysteries. There have been a lot of great films that are murder mysteries in the past, uh, whodunits, and there there's a niche. There's there's a there's a genre here that is tough to it's tough to have something very original in this genre. And what I really enjoyed about Johnson's approach to Knives Out is a lot of the things that are generally reserved for the big reveals at the end happen very early in the film. Uh, you know, this isn't... As opposed to a lot of these types of movies where... It isn't until the final act, and if not that, like the final 10 minutes of the movie, where you get an actual breakdown of what really transpired. You get a pretty accurate breakdown of what transpires about 30 minutes into this film. And then it becomes, and then like it kind of shifts, and we take on a new direction. And then something else happens, and it shifts back, and we go in another direction. Uh, and all the while... Uh, you know, in the middle of all of this, we are develop but developing this in immense cast. Who, uh, you know, it's tough to say that you know you can be an entire ca cast this big can be well utilized uh, in its entire runtime, and it can't. You know, there's going to be people who don't quite get enough screen time, and, and whose characters don't get quite as fleshed out as you'd want them to. But for the most part, I think the the writing uh, and the pacing and whatnot does a really good job of maintaining how enough information uh, for each character and not enough 
enough bait on the hook so that, you know, we do know, you know, what Tony Collette's character is about. We get enough information from her and her story and, and her, uh, you know, perspective and, and motivations to at least believe for a moment that we know what her, where, where she fits into all of this. That's kind of what it's, where we're at. And so, you know, again, it's not perfect in terms of its character uh, juggling, but it does a really good job, I think, given what a, what a stacked, huge cast the movie has. Beyond that, uh, the mystery itself. I, I thought, like I said, you know, big parts of it are revealed much earlier than you would generally anticipate. And I liked that. I liked that twist. I liked that subversion, I think. It recontextualizes a huge chunk of the middle of the film, and that was very rewarding. Uh, you know, it, it less it's become it became for a while at least less about what happened and more about you know why and and how do we how do we resolve what happened, and that was interesting. You know, we took this little detour in the middle of the film. Uh, Additionally, uh, the performances uh, were great. I thought everyone does a great job. You know, Daniel Craig, even with his his kind of hokey Southern accent, is is so charismatic and and so excited. And he doesn't really seem like he fits in this world alongside all these other characters who talk normally, who speak with normal diction, and yet here's. Uh, you know, <laughs> this guy who is just spout, you know, he talks like he's from a hundred years ago, almost, you know, he talks like he's from a different age. And on the one hand, it's a little jarring uh, seeing him interact with these other characters, but to their credit, like every other character in the movie responds, you know, as if it's a normal thing. And that kind of gets you to accept that it's normal. And on the other side of that, because he is a little old-fashioned, because he does, you know, have a lot of, you know, early nineteen nine, you know, early nine nineteen hundreds, you know, Agatha Christie type of type of qualities to him, it really grounds you in this film. It, it makes it feel like all these other murder mysteries that we've seen before, like like a murder on the Orient Express. He feels like a Perot. He feels like a, uh, a Columbo. You know, he feels like all these other, you know famous in, in detective characters and uh, at the end of the day I really enjoyed uh, Daniel Craig quite a bit uh, he and I suppose Anand Armas would be considered the main characters of the film uh, she I wasn't expecting that uh, you know she was as far as I'm as, as what I've what I've read at least she was not present in much of the marketing and she being the nurse, you know, she was the closest person to Harlan uh, during his final, however, I don't know how long she'd worked for him, but uh, for, for that period of time, she was very, very close to him. And so she has a, a much more personal relationship with him than uh, apparently many of his family. And so I liked the element of, of making her sort of the, the, the audience stand in in a way where this is how we're going to observe most of this film is through her eyes and 
she, she, this is, it's interesting, you know, most of the early films for Ana de Armas that I saw, and by most I mean the first one, was Knock Knock, which is awful, absolutely awful. And then she was, then I saw her in War Dogs, which was fine at best, but I wasn't a big fan of it, and she's got such a small role in it. And now I've seen her in, and then I saw her in Blade Runner 2049, um, and she's great in Blade Runner. She's great in it, and now she's in Knives Out. And so I was, uh, I was really impressed. I was impressed uh, with her in this movie. I thought she does a great job. She's um, plays her role really, really well. She fits exactly the character that uh, we're being told that um, Marta is. And I really loved that. Uh, she... Um, yeah, she, she was a, a big surprise, you know, you know, knew she was in the movie, but uh, ended up being a big surprise and, and one of the characters I liked the best. Chris Evans. Uh, and this is something I can say about every actor. These, this cast looks like they're having so much fun. Uh, the movie swings wildly from very comedic to dramatic. Uh, you know, Chris Evans, one of the characters who, who toes both of those lines. He's this maligned grandson of Harlan who, you know, is is the, I think Michael Shannon calls him the black sheep of the family at one point. And he is, you know, he is set apart from everyone else uh, for good reason. And, you know, finding out, you know, he, he makes his appearance in the film much later than everyone else. And finding out how he fits into everything was a lot of fun. You know, seeing him interact with the rest of the family is just great uh you know moving on uh to the family itself you know jamie lee curtis tony collette and michael shannon don johnson at all they are it would be so easy for a movie like this to kind of blur those lines together and it just they just all it all becomes like a screaming match in of sorts and yet it is even when it is that it isn't that you know, I mentioned, you know, the film being able to characterize these, the family well enough that we felt like we knew who everyone was. And that is never more apparent than when every, all the, the whole family are together. You know, the, just seeing them all like kind of react off of each other. And, and you clearly these people have a long history and the movie doesn't get into that exactly. But, you know, the, the situation for each person is simply laid out simply in the film you know whether it's this person needs money or, or this person has you know they all have one central fact you know if it's for example michael shannon who uh, runs the publishing company for his dad's books is wants to you know do more with that he wants to have better control of that company and you know, Christopher Plummer's like, well, I don't want you to, like, adapt any of my books. I don't want you to do this with them. I don't want you to do that with them. And that's that's the main tension for Michael Shannon's character. And, and kind of everything else extends from that. And it's the same for each of the characters in the family. And so, for something so small, 
relatively speaking, uh, as far as the whole character is concerned, you know, it, it would generally be something that I would be upset by that, oh man, why couldn't you give us more information about this character? Why couldn't you tell us, you know, why this person isn't, you know, give us something else, you know, give us more drama between him and other characters in the film. Give, you know, it's literally just relationships to Harlan. For all of them, even. You know, they're all connected to Harlan. And that's the point, right? You know, if the question is who killed him, if he was killed at all, you need to kind of give the audience a, a feeling that anyone could have done it. You know, that's kind of how these movies work. And so by establishing some sort of relationship drama between Harlan and every other person in the movie, you end up with, you know, a quote-unquote classic whodunit. And then, of course, uh, <laughs> Ryan Johnson subverts all of that by showing you what happens and then sending you off on a completely different path. Uh, the film lays out various clues throughout that um, some of them I picked up on watching it. Some of them I, I came to afterward talking about it. Uh, others I, I still didn't reach until I was told uh, that they had been there. And you know, that makes it easy to want to go back and see the movie again, because you can pick up all these smaller details, you can you can think of, you know, all these different elements that, yeah, now you know exactly what the ending is, but the, the trail leading up to it is still well laid and, and, and well built that it is worth following. So, to that end, uh, I'm going to wrap up non-spoiler section now uh, I don't know how long the spoiler section is going to be uh, there's some things I know I want to touch on and, and we'll see where that leads me but for the for, for now uh, I really really enjoyed Knives Out I thought it was a lot of fun to watch and uh, it was really uh, a fascinating approach to the murder mystery genre and uh, Ryan Johnson you know I love all of his films and I'm uh, I'm happy about it. I'm I'm can't wait for him to make more stuff. This was great. Uh, I have not put it into my spreadsheet yet, so I don't know exactly what score it it will receive. I'm thinking something in the mid to low 80s, but uh, remains to be seen. The more I think about it, whether or not I go see it a second time. As far as Circle of Film Awards go, I'm expecting. Uh, a couple of performances to maybe come into one of the to, to the supporting category. We'll see. Uh, perhaps even lead. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, Johnson probably slips into screenplay for this. Uh, perhaps even director, although that one is not quite as uh, I'm not quite as confident in that one. Uh, the score was great, but I don't know how memorable it was I'll have to kind of think about it uh, maybe it comes in there uh, tactile and special effects I don't think it fits in either of those maybe tactile effects the the costume work was actually really good in this given that it's a modern film I don't know that's enough to put it into tactile effects on its own you know makeup and hairstyling production design stunt work sound a lot of stuff to to consider in these categories and then finally scene uh, there's definitely stuff to consider for that, but again, it might, might take a little work to make sure and, and see if it is worth getting in there. So, 
That said, uh, looks like it's going to have a few nominations at least when all is said and done. And uh, I'm excited. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it again at some point. So uh, that's going to be it for the non-spoiler section of Knives Out. If you've seen the film or if you don't care about spoilers, you are welcome to listen on uh, after the following spoiler bumper. Don't ask too many questions. You don't want answers to. You don't like my direction. Hell, I won't follow you. To reiterate, spoilers. Spoilers for Knives Out. Uh, so let's let's kind of tackle this one, you know, one thing at a time. Anna Armas, main character, nurse to Harlan. Uh, we get we, we learn early on that she throws up when she lies or in some cases thinks of lying. Uh, which definitely plays a role in the film and becomes, you know, a big reason why Daniel Craig's character, uh, uh, Blanc, is so in- interested in holding on to her and keeping her close to him because, presumably, she can out uh, any lie as soon as it happens. Uh, so he asks her... You know, when they're sitting, he's when he's sitting everybody down early in the film to kind of get for, to further question them. He asks her to explain what happened between when Harlan went to bed and when she left, which was about a half an hour at that night. And you know, Harlan is said to have died some t- you know sometime after that point in the middle of the night. And instead of her just kind of telling us right away. We flash back and see what actually happens. And that, again, this is early in the film. We see she takes him up. She uh, is giving him his medication. And accidentally, instead of giving him his pain meds, gives him an entire uh, bottle of morphine, which, uh, as she explains, will kill him if the proper antidote is not given, she cannot find the antidote, so he will die in the next couple of minutes. Uh, he exp- he immediately concocts a plan to prevent her from being uh, fingered out, uh, pointed out as his, as the one who kills him, so it doesn't affect her and her family. And so he gives her instructions on how to reconstruct, uh, how to construct the rest of the night so that she is completely elim- completely eliminated from suspicion. Um, he then proceeds to cut his own neck and kill himself. So, to a degree, yeah, he kills himself, but there's there's a lot more going on to it than that. Uh, going on than that. So, Anand Armas leaves, does all the stuff, uh, you know, sneaks back into the house, uh, pretends to be Christopher Plummer through a. Uh, um, foggy window uh, so that people think he's still alive after she's gone and so forth uh, and you know to a degree uh, to to, an, to a point I think it's a decent plan but there are definitely some issues uh, one how is she going to lie about this that is answered as well um, Plummer's like well just don't tell the whole truth just tell half truth and say them in this order and then we cut back to her answering the question, and she gives these answers that are absolutely true, but definitely leave a lot out. So we learn early on that the cause of his death is Ana de Armas. 
And then, like I mentioned, that's when the film shifts to being less about who did it and more about how does she get away with it. So Craig, you know, Blanc tells her, I want you to come back and walk the grounds with me. And she's like, oh, uh, okay. And so she, uh, you know, they end up seeing a video camera that shows, that would, would have shown that her car had not left the way it was supposed to, a mistake that she made. And she manages to wipe that tape with a magnet. She tramples over her own footprints in the mud at one point, uh, distorting that evidence. She finds a broken piece of a trellis, a wooden trellis that she climbed up. And uh, in a very comical scene where we have Daniel Craig in the foreground uh, explaining how, you know, there's got to be a, there's going to be some piece of evidence and it's going to come right out, uh, right, be right in front of us. We're going to figure it out. And in the background, she has this huge stick that one of the dogs on the property has brought to her and she chucks it as far as she can uh, away. And uh, before he, before Daniel Craig realizes what's happening. So, you know, it's this sequence of, okay, how does she get away with this? You know, clearly she's a a novice at this sort of thing and not very good at it. But now you're kind of trying to see how can, how can she outwit Daniel Craig? In the meantime, the entire family, you know, Joni needs money. uh, Michael Shannon, Walt wants to take over the publishing company. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis uh, wants to make, wants to take, wants the house, wants everything, etc. cetera. Uh, but also her husband is cheating on her, which Harlan knew, but she doesn't. And uh, Tony's daughter, Meg, can only go to college if Harlan continued to pay for it. And now he won't, he's cut her, cut her off. So there's all these different, you know, motives being thrown around here and there. And, and as we hear early in the movie, like Keith Stanfield and Daniel Craig are talking about these motives. And Keith's like, this is weak sauce. These are flimsy motivations and explanations at best. And Daniel Craig agrees. You know, it doesn't make sense. None of these work. None of these seem to be the reason for why Harlan was killed or died or whatever. Enter... Uh, Ransom. And Ransom's role in the film is is confusing at first. You know, he enters uh, to, uh, to, to to for the will to read the for, for the reading of the will, and or no, he he comes. There's a time he comes before that, and you know he doesn't really want to talk to the police <clears throat> and he doesn't you know Anna de Armas you know constantly dealing with her own situation and trying to avoid that when they do read the will Frank Oz reads the will he he says that you know it was changed a week before Harlan died and it's very short it's one page it's simple and he leaves all of it to Marta. He leaves all of it to Anna de Armas. And of course, the family is in an uproar. How could this be? What is going on? And Ransom loves this. Ransom thinks this is hilarious. Uh, We find out that he knew 
to, that he wasn't going to be he was written out of the will you know he had a fight uh, with Harlan the night of his birthday and you know the words that were overheard knew that he was written out of the will so everyone turns on Anand Armas wants their stuff back and she escapes ultimately with ransom and that is where she tells him everything and so now he's part of the plot he says you're not going to take you're not going to give this money back this is your money we're not you're not going to go to jail for it he's like i will help you and you will give me my cut that is the new plot and this seems like a good idea we're we're now following so now it's so now it's marta and ransom Anna armas chris evans trying to avoid daniel craig finding out the truth and when marta gets home uh, she wakes up the next morning and there's news reporters outside who found out that she's been left everything. She's got all this mail, all these people, lawyers trying to get her, you know, to, to hire them and this, that, and the other. She gets a letter. And it's a toxicology report. So I me- remember I mentioned she is being, f- she thinks, she what, what we think happens is that she miss, she gave uh, Harlan morphine. Not true. And this toxicology report would be, and presumably the thing that could show that she gave him and administered the wrong medication, and that's why he died. Boom. Evidence. She's gone. So, uh, she gets in touch with Ransom. They go to the place where the blood work was done, and it's on fire. and is burned down. Daniel Craig sees them while they're there, entering <laughs> what Lakeith Stanfield ultimately calls the dumbest car chase ever, which is absolutely true. It is very stupid, but I loved it for it. Uh, they arrest Harlan, who was so, was seen uh, climbing the trellis. But we know, we know, going back, that uh, Harlan's mother was at the window when Anna de Armas climbed up the trellis. And we see her say, Harlan, are you back again? And so she thinks it was, or, or Ransom, are you back again? And so she thinks it was Ransom, so that's why Ransom was taken in. He eventually confesses to everything. Anand Armas then confesses to everything to Daniel Craig. Uh, in the meantime, uh, she's going to meet somebody who she thinks who has the toxico- the only remaining toxicology blood work report uh, that can con- convince anyone that she killed him, killed Harlan. She finds Fanny. Franny? Fanny? Franny? What's her name? Fran, Edie, Edie Patterson, uh, who was the one who knew she had a friend who works at the, that's uh, like a receptionist at that place. And when Anand Armas arrives, the woman's dead or dying. Uh, she's been given morphine. She calls the cops, the cops show up. Um, then she's like, I'm going to tell everyone everything. I'm going to renounce the thing, yada, yada, yada. I will go to jail. I won't get the money. I won't get anything. The family will get it. She's a good person. Marta is such a good person. So they go back to the house. Everyone's there. And she starts to confess. They knew where the, the final toxicology report was. It was in a stash of Franny's under a clock. She finds it. She gives it to uh, Daniel Craig. He's in the background reading it. And you can see him unfolding the paper and, like, reading through it. 
as Anna de Armas is telling the family, you know, hey, look, I, I realize this, that, and the other. It's your stuff. I don't want to take it from you and so on. And before she can say what's happening, going, what she's going to do, Daniel Craig interrupts and tells her she is absolutely accepting the money and that he is absolutely saying that uh, Harlan's death is a suicide. To the shock of not just the family, but Anna de Armas. And that's where we enter the final step of the game. This is of the movie. This is where we enter the, the big reveal. Like, what really happened? Because as much as it seems like we know so much, uh, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of uh, missing pieces. Why was uh, Blanc hired? Who hired him? Uh, you know, how did... You know, there are a lot of pieces that don't make sense. You know, when they're describing the night itself, there was dogs barking that woke up Meg. We don't ever find out until the end why those dogs were barking. Because as we see later on, when Anna de Armas returns to the house, the dogs don't bark at her. They like her. They're, they know her. So who caused the dogs to bark? Uh, we get, you know, all these other aspects of, you know, who burned down the, the blood work facility. Who killed Franny or, or tried to kill Franny at this point? And when... Daniel Craig kind of spouting out, he described the case earlier in the film as a donut. You know, we have all the outside, but we're missing the center. And it's a very crude but effective metaphor early in the film when he first mentions it. He then extends it. Uh, so he's like, we found the donut hole and we found the hole that fits inside of the donut. But it turns out that the donut hole was just a smaller donut. And there's a smaller donut hole that fits in the donut inside of the donut. And he has this great monologue about that that I, I loved. I thought that was hilarious. And turns out, so here's here's the culprit. The culprit, as it turns out, is Ransom. And I'm not going to rehash you know the entire ending again, especially if most people listening to this part have seen the film. So... Ransom did it. He tries to, you know, he turns out he did kill Franny. Um, turns out Harlan didn't die. And in, and on top of that, in a very daring decision, in, on, in my opinion, Johnson decides that what had happened was Chris Evans, Ransom, snuck into the house, switched the contents of the bottles of morphine and his pain medication for Harlan. Then we see uh, Daniel Craig covering up the labels of the two bottles. And they're identical bottles, but the, the liquid inside them are, are noticeably different. And Anand Armas is aware of that. She picks one up without with the labels covered. And Daniel Craig pulls the cover off and he's like, how did you know this was the one? And she's like, I, I just... I don't know. And he's like, it's because you're a good nurse. And what actually happened was she had, when she thought she had given him the whole bottle of morphine, she had actually picked up the correct bottle and given Harlan the whole bottle of his pain medication as she was supposed to do. Meaning that Chris Evans swat, switched the liquids. She switched bottles, giving Harlan the proper dosage of medication for himself and not killing him, he would have been fine. And because she believed that she had given him the morphine, 
and because he believed her and wouldn't let her call the police, he kills himself with the knife to make it look like a suicide, and any other one that, like, if he hadn't done that, he would have been fine. And that's, I mean, this moment is kind of glossed over in the film a little bit, and I, I wish they'd spent a little more time on it. I think it was a very important element. You know, we only get to see, uh, you know, the police ransom and Marta's reaction to that information. It doesn't, whenever it's told to the rest of the family, we're not there for that moment. And that's a big thing. That is a huge deal. And it just, it just, it does nothing. It, you know, it, it kind of just passes by. You know, we get a little reaction from Marta and that's it. And I, I really wanted a little more for that. I thought that was a, you know, it's a long movie. It's a little over two hours, but man, one minute more for that moment, I think would have been a, been great. Uh, then we get to, um, you know, Ransom uh, did kill Franny, so he's going to jail. He tries to kill Marta. It turns out to be a fake knife and just disappears when he tries to stab her with it. And that was a great, I love that moment too. He, he's like laying on top of her, having tried to stab her. And he, after he pulls the knife out and, and the fake blade uh, stick, uh, um, comes out of the, the handle again. Uh, he kind of like tries to stab her with it like one or two more times just to like test the fact that it's a fake knife. And then he just kind of is like, oh shit. And then he's pulled off of her and um, taken away. We get this great ending shot of Anand Armas, you know, having now taken over the house and all of the assets. You know, using the mug that we see early on in the film uh, being taken to Harlan. And it says, oh man, my house, my something, my coffee or whatever. And like, she's holding that mug. She's up on the upper, upper level balcony, uh, banister, porch area outside of the house. And the whole family is down on the ground. You know, Ransom has just been put in jail. And he turns up and looks and sees her standing up there. And then we see one by one the rest of the family turns and looks up at her. And it's such a great moment. It's such a great shot. Uh, just kind of cap um, encapsulating the entire film in this one moment where they are looking up at her. She now owns everything that was theirs to a degree. And, you know, this is a movie that, yes, it's a murder mystery. Yes, it's, it's you know, a twisty, turny, uh, suspense type of a thing with some comedy thrown in. But it's so much more than that. You know, it commentates on class and, the, you know, Anna de Armas' mother is here illegally. And that is a major point throughout the film. It is brought up time and time again. Her ethnicity, uh, various characters reference her as being from Brazil and Ecuador and Paraguay and Uruguay at different points in the movie and they say it so confidently and it's not corrected it's really passed right over but they do it, it, it you know again and again and again um you know we're shown the truth of the ending uh, of what happened that night and you know the dogs barked because they saw ransom that's what happened uh you know it 
uh, uh, Harlan's mother saw him climbing the trellis and then saw uh, Marta do it later on. Um, it, it just, so many of the pieces just really fit together. Ransom was the one who burned down the Bloodwork building. Um, he was being blackmailed by Franny, and so he had a meeting with her earlier in the morning. Then Anand Armas shows up, and she's been, you know, stuck with, you know, over an overdose at that by that point. Uh, oh, on and on and on. I, I thought the 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 writing was so good. the The characters are so exciting and fun, and and just an, a, a a joy to be with that it's really something something quite unique uh, in its own genre. And uh, this year, I, I was a big, big fan of Knives Out. That said, uh, on top of that, I saw somewhere that Johnson had claimed he would be happy to revisit more adventures from Daniel Craig's character Blanc if Knives Out makes enough money. That sounds amazing. I would love that. I would be upset if we didn't get Anna Armas and, and some of the family members back, but just watching Daniel Craig go to another family and, and turn their world upside down and, and, you know, another huge cast of all different people, that would be so much fun. Uh, I would I would absolutely adore a second film with this this rapper, this this way of speaking. Uh, more things like that, uh, you know, there are a lot of times early, especially early in the film where, uh, when we first are introduced to Blanc, Daniel Craig's character, he's asking questions of some of the other family members like Don Johnson and, and he's, you know, we're getting to see the flashbacks of what they're explaining and, you know, the flashbacks don't always line up. You know, we see the birthday cake arrive two, maybe three times and it's different people surrounding Harlan whenever, depending on who's telling the story and uh what is it um you know we get a scene with um jamie lee curtis and daniel craig where she's like i'm not going to be baited to talk bad mouth my my family cut to don johnson who's immediately bad mouthing everyone and he was so much fun um that was a lot of fun lakeith stanfield plays the lead lieutenant on the case but then Trooper Wagner, played by Noah Segan, is awesome. He is the second detect uh, cop on the case, uh, the trooper, and he is a obsessive fan about Christopher Plummer, Harlan's novels, and so he's constantly freaking out about this, then the other. Uh, he looks up to Daniel Craig and and loves everything about him and the way he's conducting his case. It, it just it all comes together so well. The film is long it is over two hours and there are points in the first half where i was a little i wished there was a little more of a pace to them but i was never uh you know looking around and waiting for the film to continue i, I was never you know trying to just kind of stuck the film isn't stuck it moves well and and you know I would say, you know, Jaden Martell's character gets very no very nothing to do. He doesn't sh do anything until, you know, the th end of the second act, it seems. Maybe a little earlier than that. But 
every, everyone was just given something. Everyone gets a moment. Everyone gets a, a, a feeling, a, a relationship, a, a line here or there that is just perfect and, and so well delivered. And I don't know. I, I had a great, great time with the film, and I think most people are going to. And that is, that is the key. That is the key element of a movie like this. So, Ryan Johnson does it again. I am so impressed. I, yeah, that's that's kind of it. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what else there is. Uh, supposedly, here's here's a little fun facts. Every movie that Ryan Johnson has made has featured Joseph Gordon-Levitt in some way, shape, or form. Uh, in The Last Jedi, he is the voice, perhaps the motion capture performer, for a an alien on uh, Cantabite. It's Cantobite. Uh, and then I think all the others, like Looper, he's a main character. Brick, he's a main character. Brothers Bloom, he's a main character of some sort. Uh, or is he? No, he's not. He's a bar patron in Brothers Bloom. Apparently in Knives Out, according to IMDb, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is an uncredited detective, which I did not notice. Uh, so I don't know if he was... Let me see. Maybe there's an image of it on the Googles. It has a hidden cameo. It is a true fact. Um... You won't actually see him, but if you're listening closely, you can hear him. Oh boy. Uh, so that's good enough reason to go see uh, the film again. I'm into it. I love it, especially from a spreadsheet perspective. It helps me. Makes it a lot better. So, may do an, uh, may do a statistics episode on Knives Out. May not. Uh, there's a lot of other movies I want to talk about in the time between them. Uh... I may do a bonus episode for Thursday uh, for Thanksgiving, but I'm not sure I'm going to have a, how much time I'm going to have between now and then to record it. If that doesn't happen, it won't, but uh, I think uh, it's a possibility. We will see. Um, so that's it. That is Knives Out, directed by Ryan Johnson, starring everyone. Uh, a film I love that is going to be toward the top of my list at the end of the year uh, and is deep in top in my top 10 already. Thank you for listening. If you would like to find more episodes, head over to uh, <clears throat> head over to iTunes, Stitcher, places where podcasts can be found. You can also go to circleoffilm.com to find all the yellow episodes and more. You can find me on Letterboxd at Circle of Film, on Twitter at Circle of Film, or email circleoffilm at gmail.com about anything and everything. You can support the show, like it, rate it, review it, subscribe to it, tell somebody about it, or just listen. That is the key, just listen. And, of course, <clears throat> if you are so inclined, you can become a patron for as little as $0.08 cents an episode uh, on patreon.com slash circleoffilm. There's more to it than that. You can find other bonuses uh, if you choose. Um, greatly appreciate it. Thank you for listening. And as always, have a week.